You are listening to the podcast, To Be Single or Not To Be, by Shanna Montana. A podcast where we talk about the single life, dating, and relationships, so you can make a decision at the end of each episode and decide to be single or not to be. That is the final question. So today's topic is relationship accountability. And I really wanted to talk about this one, because I think it's a lot of people roaming this earth that just don't want to own their part in a relationship's failure more so than a success. If things are going great, then nobody has a problem with saying, yeah, we're a team. We're working together. Great. But when things are going bad, it's always he did something. She did something. People struggle really to reflect on themselves. And I think when people are in relationships and they're going through their own trials or tribulations, they really struggle to figure out, you know, what role do they play in what's happening to them? And I posted something on my social media recently that even if the accountability piece is just saying I've stayed in this space too long, I should have left. You have to own that because a person can only treat you how you allow them to. So I understand there are circumstances that, you know, show up in different situations as to how accountability can look different for different situations. But overall, in order to have, I think, relationship success and to get, you know, the ring, ultimately, if that is the goal of yours, um, you have to know, you know, you have to hold yourself accountable in a way to say, you know, if I haven't gotten it, what's stopping me because I'm playing a role in that. And if I do have it and I'm having trouble in that relationship, what role do I play in that? And even if your relationship is successful, you still have to continuously hold yourself accountable to ensure that it does stay successful. So overall, relationship accountability is a real thing. And I think it's so important that we bring topics like this to the table. And today, um, I have the pleasure of having Mr. Accountability uh, on the on the <laughs> recording today with the podcast. So Chad, if you could, please just tell the people who you are. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, Chad Scott, life relationship coach, like you said, I focus more about accountable, being accountable and being a accountability partner. That's usually my kind of lane I go and stay in. All right. So that's, we're going to actually just dive right in because with you being an accountability partner, you know, people think about, well, when I first think about accountability partner, a lot of times when I'm trying to lose weight when I'm on a diet, I'm like, I'm tell somebody so they can hold me accountable. But when it comes to relationships, you know, people, you know, understandably so are sometimes private about their relationships. So it's kind of hard to say, okay, friend, can you uh, hold me accountable in my relationship when it's like, this ain't your place, business or none of that to do that. So I want to lead us to tell the people more about what you do and how you arrive to this space of the work that you're doing. Sorry. So long story short, in a sense, I started off in media. Like I'm still, my day job, what I do is in the media profession. Okay. But what ended up happening was during that time, I was still always been the guy that women came to for advice. Mm. And I just thought that just being a homie, being a friend, I didn't think none of it. Mm -hmm. So with my advice, it seemed like it was always a pattern. Mm -hmm. That you might have the same conversation over and over and over again, right? So what happened was, even before I became a life relationship coach, I helped one person get a ring. She said, thank you, Chad. I said, oh, thank you. Oh, okay. Pay that no mind. <laughs> yeah. Once the 10th ring happened, people were like, yo, yeah. what are you doing? You need a workshop. I'm like, I don't want to be that guy <laughs> on the internet. Hey, y'all, love. Right? So <laughs> I said, what I do is I create a workshop. Okay. Um, I partnered with a company called Playtime Worldwide and the company, and I was like, you know what? Let me make it an interesting name. Mm -hmm. How to stop negotiating with terrorists. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> real interesting. Dealing with toxic um, relationships. So when people hear it, they're like, yeah, I'm dealing with terrorists. I'm doing your toxic people. Yeah, come <laughs> on, Chad. And they hear about the rings. And the mm -hmm. first thing I say out of my mouth before I welcome them to the workshop is, you got to understand you're the biggest terrorist. Mm. And how does so that, we how was that, do people receive that well? Not at all. <laughs> but I had to set a tone like, yeah, that ring and all that's cool. But once again, we have to take accountability. We got to be looking at ourselves in the mirror. And we are our biggest opponent. So yeah. once we try to master ourselves, then we can fall into all the other things. But we got to set the tone first. Yeah, absolutely. So how long have you been doing that workshop? So it's been um, four or five years I've been doing the workshop. Wow. Okay. Four or five years. And you say you've gotten how many rings have you successfully helped women get? Right now we have 24. Right now we have 24 rings. So do you only see women or do you see men as well? I, men will call me to vent sometimes, but not actually take it on in a sense. Or it's very condescending. 
So you the relationship guy, huh? Ah, ah. Let me just, let me just sit. Let's see what you could do, right? Yeah, yeah. They were and playing. then that's why mostly guys do. But now lately, guys been coming to me more and um, bridging that gap, so to speak. Okay. Um, the ones that really want to do the work. So I like that about that. Do you have guys calling you trying to get the ring? Are they chasing the ring too? <laughs> it, no, it's just most of them is already married already, so they're trying to navigate. Oh, okay, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So who would be your ideal client? Because, you know, I would say if I thought of 10 friends that I have, nine out of 10 of them do have a desire to be married. So who would you say like your ideal client is like, what does their mindset have to be like? Do you have a certain type or person that you're looking for that really qualifies to to be engaged in the work that you do with them? Or is it just like anybody can come? It's normally 30 and older, Okay, but it's focused on people that really want to do the work. Right. So a lot of times people want to get a ring and they say, Chad, I want a ring, I want a ring. And I'm like, okay. And what I focus on more about where they at personally. Because mm-hmm. I believe that you date at the level of your self-esteem. Who explain? So if you're not, if you come from a place of lacking, right? Mm-hmm. You you're 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 lonely or you feel like you're trying to beat a clock, mm-hmm. you're gonna not really date right. You're just gonna grab anything that makes you feel good at that moment for the end goal. But if you love yourself, really do love yourself, because a lot of people barely like each other, like yourself. But mm-hmm. when you love yourself, you won't entertain some of the things you entertain. Mm, okay. So the first thing I do, I see what they have self-esteem-wise and like healing-wise, before we even talk about rings. Mm-hmm. It's more about you. Once again, it's about accountability and being yeah. responsible. Yeah. So yeah, so that's why I focus on more. Like so when they tell me I hear them, like, oh yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, but we gotta really dig in. <laughs> <laughs> It makes sense because you're saying some hard truths right now that sometimes people don't want to hear that when it comes to, because everybody says that they love themselves. But my thing is always looking at a situation like if you really love yourself, if you were to take a step back outside of yourself, like jump outside your body like ghost dad right now and then look at what you're doing. If you was, and the thing is, you know, people always can see other people's situation. You see it all the time on social media. I see people commenting on people's stuff. Girl, I would never do that. And I'm like, wait a minute, but you are sitting in there. So it's so hard for people to turn that mirror on themselves and really say, I would say, you know, well, some people might hate themselves, but I know a lot of people who don't love or like themselves as much as they think they do, because Mm -hmm. it's an indicator of, like you just said, the people, places, and things that you keep signing up for don't mirror what you're saying out of your mouth. And so it's the same thing when people are saying, I want to get married. I want to start a family. I want to do all these things. But then you keep signing up to be with emotional terrorists or- Mm -hmm uh narcissists or gaslighters or all these things you know then it's like it doesn't match and it's not gonna happen so that leads me to ask you is there a such thing as someone not being marriage material because you know I think people will get fed up sometimes and just be like I'm just gonna be single forever or some people say well maybe I'm meant to be single so is there? do you think there's a such thing as someone is not not marriage material that want to be married well they they want to be married, but they it's just not happening. Like it's just like that's not going to happen for you. Well, back to where we go from is when the people want to about getting married, right? Like I said before, anybody get a ring, like getting a record deal, right? Yeah. So the goal is, what do you want? Because my expectation of a wife may not be your expectation of what a wife is. Okay. So we need to know what is exactly is you talking about that you want. You just want the ring in the house because that's what you you believe that's what you want. Yep. Or you really want a partner. If that's the case, you have to really be really clear. Because a lot of times you're just throwing that dart to see to catch something, right? Yeah. They don't really know what they're looking for one. Not at all. And I, I saw this. Someone said, if your husband, your person or whatever, mm-hmm. would show up in front of you present day right now, would you be ready? And it's like a lot of people, I don't think they would. Because as to your point, I don't think a lot of people have really just sat down and thought about, you know, the, when I think about the categories of my life, so mentally- yeah physically, financially, spiritually, all those things. I don't think people think deep and far enough for those things to know that, okay, this is the exact person that I want to be with because you have to get really clear. And it's not that you can do like build a man. I know a lot of people wish we could. You can't build a man to be exactly what you want him to be, but you can do a better job at your selection if you think deeper and figure out what it is that you really want to do in a relationship and why you want to be married. So that leads me to ask this question because I recently put a post up about 
um, people, what was it about? How, how fast people move in relationships. And mm-hmm. so, um, what was it that one? Was about how fast people move? No, no, no. This one was about like dating myths. I was like some outdated information. I think people are living by right now. They don't necessarily need to. So something that I personally, Shana, Shana Montana personally believes is that I want to live with my partner before I get married. Now, you know, growing up, it was always like, you don't need to be shacking this and that. Yeah. And I'm not saying move in with the Negro because I done made that mistake or let the Negro live with me because I don't always, they don't always stay with me, unfortunately. Too huh? So I'm more so like, once I get engaged, I think we should start cohabitating so we can see what this life is really like. Uh, you know, I know what I'm really signing up for. But somebody came back to that post and said something along the lines of, you know, the saying, why buy the cow? Was it why buy the cow when you can have the milk for free? Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you, do you really think so? If a person say you are in a committed relationship and you move in together before being engaged, before being married. And I understand that right now I'm living alone. So I really only have to worry about, you know, what I'm eating, uh, cleaning up my house, cleaning up after myself. Like even if I have a partner, for the most part, I'm still solo dolo with things I'm taking care of. I'm not worried about what that nigga eating every night for dinner unless we got plans. So my right. thing is if I go from living by myself to now cohabitating, just naturally who I am, when I'm in the home with you, I'm going to be concerned about what are we eating for dinner? I'm going to clean our house. I'm probably going to wash your clothes. I'm going to start doing duties that like, I'm not going to just walk past a dirty ass kitchen, you know, like, oh, we, we married, you know, so it's certain responsibilities I will now take on because I am cohabitating. Do you think when women make that move to move in with somebody without a ring, that it lessens their chance to get a ring? Well, playing house does once again, this is why it's so important that in the beginning stage of dating, we have to talk about expectations. Okay. And a lot of you don't. Like mm-hmm. we talked about last time, they talk about friends. They yeah. don't talk about expectations. Yeah. So if I'm telling you my expectation is to get married, hopefully soon, mm-hmm. and you say, hey, you know what? You know, I, I, I don't know. You know, I just I want to go with the flow. Uh, then you already see you're not aligned. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So even no matter how you try to play house or not, if the person not, once again, pillow talk, right? If they only talking pillow talk to you and send you dreams with no action, there's yeah. no we. When it comes to actually action and putting forth, then yeah. you already know you're playing games. But if you live with someone, there still should be a window of we're working towards something. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the difference. And not get comfortable playing house. Yeah. I think you have so to it, be clear it, about that. No, no, go ahead. I'll just, I'm agreeing. Like, you got to be clear about that. So a lot of times we don't be clear, right? Because they don't want, because where a lot of women that come across, they don't want to feel like they're a nag. Mm. So they want to make sure they, they, they don't want to rock the boat. Okay. They just hopefully, hopefully he sees my worth. He picked me and showed that I am there because I'm doing things that most women never did for him or all that jazz, right? right? Yeah. You have to, once again, this is where accountability comes in. You're going to have to have the tough conversations. Mm-hmm. And if it seems like it's not going a certain path, it's okay to ask. Yeah. And then see, but you don't rock the boat. And then five years, six years later, now you're looking confused. Mm-hmm. You on the show on Netflix, The Ultimatum, trying to get home. Yeah, I heard about that. I got to check it out soon. Me too. But yeah, you're looking confused because you haven't talked about it. But I, I think it's a couple of nuggets. Of course, you drop in there. You cannot be afraid to have any conversation. It's, if fear is a driver that's stopping you from communicating with your partner, you have a bigger issue there. You should be able to talk to your partner about anything. And I think I, I do well with communication, but regardless of how well I do with communication, some conversations are just going to be uncomfortable and you just got to yeah. do that because you can have a partner that's super receptive, but we still have our own, you know, innately we have fears and thoughts and you make assumptions, unfortunately, you know, like, oh, you know, I don't want to bring this up, but you can have the most supportive partner, but you still may have some apprehension. And I think people have to be able to move past that and talk about more things up front because I've heard both sides of the coin. I've heard, and you could tell me your thought on this. I, I was on a line on a episode with a therapist that gave the advice that you should be asking like really hard and serious questions like the first date I've had other Mm -hmm. people say you know don't wait to date 10 but it don't need to be the first date what's your view on that and then I'll get back to my point should people go in talking about expect well because I don't my thing is if you go in on the first date talking about expectations I don't even know if we're gonna have a second date I need to Mm -hmm. you know like is that too much is that overkill no no but you should in the first date Talk about what you want, right? So you don't have to go in detail like, yo, tell me about your, your family trauma. Like, it's not <laughs> that, right? Yeah. Well, when you're talking, to, you know, mostly people find dating during dating apps. So yeah. in the dating app, it should have said something in there that you're looking for a committed relationship. Right, right. Let's be clear about that. And not like, 
maybe we friends that maybe fostered something stronger. Like, the little, <laughs> you don't want to be too forward. No, no. I'm looking for a boyfriend. I'm looking for a committed relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not here for a booty call. That's not that's not my swipe left, right? Yeah. So once the first date, we can talk about that because most guys are gonna ask that question. Oh man, you're so beautiful. Mm. Why are you single? Yeah, <laughs> they always gonna ask that. Always. So and that's the opportunity where you could talk about what you're looking for. Like, nah, it's just I ain't find nobody aligned with what things I'm looking for. And I'm chilling. I'm just dating so I find so this is where you get in your bag. So it not seem like you just scaring them away. Yeah. He opened that door. You explain what you want, and now you see as it goes on. Now the date we're pouring, we're hanging out, we building something there. Then you can have the more in-depth conversation to see are y'all ready aligned, or we just fascinated smitten for each other. Yep, exactly it. And I think after that, you have that conversation. You then have to pay attention and look at the actions because mm-hmm. we all know people still do and will forever give you lip service. So it's all oh, about, yeah. it's all about what you do with that information. But I do believe in that. I think if you are a person that feels like I'm going to move in before I get the ring, and you are doing those wifely or husband duties. Um, that you have to be able to, to have that conversation to say, what are our expectations? You know, and hopefully I think if your goal is marriage, I would say before you move in, have that conversation to understand that marriage is still on the table. Yes, my duties are going to change. Like I'm going to support you. I'm not going to be over here and just be a trash ass woman in your house, not doing mm-hmm. nothing. Uh, you know, you on one side, I'm on the other side. No, we are coming together as one. This is the first step of us coming together as one and keep that that in the forefront, that timeline or that ring or however y'all want to do it. So I really like that perspective. And I think that's why I feel people have to get away from the outdated information of why I have the the cow, we can get the milk for free. Yeah, you can get it for free if you don't talk about it and you stay there for six years and you mm-hmm. hope, and y'all know my quote on here, don't be out there hoping the ball gonna go in. Practice <laughs> enough, put the work in so you know it's gonna go in. So have enough conversation where you know a ring is coming. Be for sure about that. Mm-hmm. Nigga don't even know your ring size, but you're talking about you about to get engaged. Not gonna happen. So that leads me to ask, why do, you know, and this could be a loaded question, but why do people struggle so much with accountability in relationships? Because being playing victim is fun. <laughs> That's all. Okay. Like me playing, it's not like working out, like the discipline, right? That's discipline with kind of being taking accountability, right? right. So what happens is I rather say dare to reason. Mm-hmm. I'm perfect. <laughs> they the ones, man. I, I can't find, uh, like this quote people talk about, I hate. But they're like, maybe I was put on earth to give more love than I receive. Like, they try to find ways to try to justify the fuckery in a sense, right? Yeah. So, at the end of the day, it's about, it's fun and it's hope them down. Instead of doing work, they mm-hmm. rather blame other people. Yeah. But once you take accountability and really be clear about what you're looking for, what you want, and how you move, you will see the change. But until then, you're going to play this game, hopefully... The person do the work because they don't want to rock the boat. So hopefully this person won't love me right. Hopefully this person see my quality, see me. And let's see another quote I can't stand. Um, it's similar, where they say, um, I want somebody to love me, flaws and all. Okay, Beyonce. <laughs> That's not how it works. You should be trying to better yourself and be better. You just can't feel like I just want to, I'm flawed. Just love me the way I am. Like piss poor behavior is still piss poor behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So you have something you need to work on. You just can't blame your signs. It's a Gemini in me. Like, no, it's, it's, you got to work on certain things. <laughs> you are right. And so I think that's the, another quote. Yeah, that love me flaws and all. I think we are all flawed human beings, you know, <laughs> at some point. But what are you doing about those flaws? If you know you argumentative as hell, are you just sitting in that? Like, this is who I am. But I know people that are like that. I know people that have, they wear their pride on their sleeve, you know? And it's like, you're not trying to work on that? Like, you know, so, and then what happens is it's a match made in hell when you get two people that's flawed as hell and and nobody trying to work on nothing. Y'all just just going at it. So absolutely, yeah, that, that accountability. So qu- speaking of quotes, what do you think about the notion? And I think this is outdated information, my opinion. opinion mm-hmm. uh, happy wife, happy life. It's outdated. Um, <laughs> and what I love about it now is that more men are speaking up. Okay. And like I said, one thing I talk about men, I guess that's why God's liking me now or <laughs> not looking at me as an enemy too much. It's the fact that I feel like men should be able to advocate for yourself more. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times, because you're attractive and I love you and I want to be with you, just to ease, I just grunt my teeth and just, and just sigh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whatever she wants, whatever she wants. And then this is why mostly men die early. Yeah. 
whatever. Stop you holding in. We have to have a conversation, and it's okay to have that once again the tough conversation. But if I'm saying out these are things I want as well, mm-hmm. we need to talk about it. It's not just yes, dear, yes, dear every day. It's about no. Nah, I kind of like this. I kind of want to do this. Yeah, and have that conversation, not just like. Yeah, so it definitely, I feel like it's outdated. We definitely have men need to start speaking up more. And that's that's on men too, right? We got to speak. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's more so somebody said happy spouse, happy house. I think, yeah, both people got to be happy. But right now, what what is causing men to not speak up? Is it is it fear? Is it I just don't feel like dealing with her mouth? Like, what is it? Are we not creating soft spaces for them to do it? What What's the reason you would say? Because it's funny. Um, one of the relationship coaches that focused only on men mm-hmm. and married couples Okay. Um, ask Cassandra. And her thing was very big on, she did a survey mm-hmm. for a bunch of men as she worked on this man workshop. And most of the men said they're looking for partnership. Okay, It wasn't sex. It wasn't all the other stuff we think they want. They want partnership. And part of the partnership is really feel like this is someone I could come to. This is peace. This is someone I could grow with. This is someone that could entertain my ideas. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times guys tell women certain things and it don't come off a certain kind of way to push back, to belittle in. And they're like, yo, I don't want to talk. It's a headache. Yeah. Well, I don't want to hear them out. And it'll shut down. So it's one thing where as men, we have to be able to now start having conversations and be okay with trying to find a safe space and hopefully for women to allow the man to speak. Because even though bigger than all that, we tell ourselves a lot if women listens. Mm. People in general, like, if you let the person listen, it, it don't have to come back or get defensive about something he mm. said that you may not like if you say something about the sex could be better or whatever critique you may get. Really sit back and listen. And when he feel like he's in a safe space, oh, he's going to pour more. Yeah. And yeah. then you can take assessment if this, you know what I'm saying, how to navigate that. But you try to cut the man off or try to fit yourself like, let him speak. And you're right. Because when I ask men that I've been close to and other ones, it has been, you know, one, they always have, we want something calm. We want something mm-hmm. We don't want all that rah-rah, you know, and that partnership is huge. So what do you feel women, and and I can't say, because I had a conversation recently with a group of my family members, which was really insightful. And it was great to see different mindsets because it was different age groups in the room. And all the women were really receptive of like, you know, things that nobody taught them early on or things they need to stop saying, you know, throwing out, you know, the independent woman urge to say, I don't need man. You don't need them, but you actually want them. So why are you telling him that, you know? So it's like certain things that, women do have to adjust. And I think that's hard for, it's a hard pill for some women to swallow and for us to own that accountability piece. So what do you think women have to start doing like effective immediately to soften up and make it a safe space for men to open up emotionally with them? You know, I know you said listening, but what more can, do you think we could do to help in that area? Part of listening friendship. Mm, okay. Treat him like a friend, like really talk to him and talk to him instead because somehow, when I talk to a lot of men, what happens a lot of times is women start treating them like another kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you're in that kind of zone, like, come on, did I tell you, I'm tired. You know, I don't want to talk about, <laughs> oh my God. It's like, yeah. what? What's, let's talk. So talk to me like I'm a human being. Yeah. And and that's from there could definitely soften, soften it. And then women that's independent and on that grind, understand and realize where when you're home, be home. Yeah. Be softer. Yeah date night or just be in the space of definitely being softer to have that friendship and that 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 you know the whole thing about masculine and feminine energy guys love that feminine energy yeah but if you come like a drill sergeant because that's how your job and entrepreneur you'll go get it and i get all that but don't forget who he is he's your partner yeah treat him as such so yeah. it's not a hard it, it is an adjustment in a sense you're so used to certain kind of ways sometimes, mm-hmm. but realize that he's a human, he's your man, he's your partner, and let's get back to that friendship. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I think, you know, we, as Black women, a lot of times we have been taught and we exude that whole, I can do bad all by myself, or I'm an independent woman, and we wear it like a badge of honor. But are men looking for a quote-unquote strong woman, like us wearing that so so heavily? Are men looking for that? Is that enticing to a man at all? I think what happens is women are attracted to that kind of man, right? As far as an independent provider, I got my own house, I got 10 degrees. I, so in, in her mind, she feel like I'm a dope catch because that's what I want as well. Yeah. But men do not ask for that for a woman. Not at all. It's just, it's just I'm sorry, this is not what it is. So what happens is you can say all that independent things, but also when it comes to men, they may not know how to navigate that because as a certain men, they only know how to function one way. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna buy things. 
I want the the, the one that you know she needs me. So if you don't need me, like he'd be like, what? Why am I here? Yeah, yeah. So it's adjustment for the man and the woman to try to figure out what that relationship looks like and what do y'all need. That's why I talked about before. Have expectations, mm-hmm. conversations. Because as a man, if I feel like, oh, you don't need me for providing financial in a sense, but you need me emotionally, or you need me to help around, you need me to be a you know love language we talked about earlier, where it's like your love language act of service. Mm-hmm. Let me help out. Yeah. So that's how I could be. I could show up for you. And that's why you had a conversation. What does that mean showing up for you? How that look for you? So I think that a lot of times if a guy don't know how to, um, only thing you do is pay bills. He don't know how to do anything else. If you yeah. focus on, I got my own money and try to belittle him in that, or if you make more money than him, he went, well, i here. And that's not saying justify cheating, but mm-hmm. he then he's going to try to find some other place to feel like, get his mas- masculinity back. Mm. Feel like a man again. Okay. Because he can't feel it at home because she belittled me. Let me, let me go. Let me find somebody else that, you know, Ooh. make me feel good. I show my ego. Yeah, belittling them, embarrassing them. Just you mm-hmm. see all kinds of stuff. I know you just it's on the internet alone, you see yeah. that we are guilty of doing and we don't think anything is wrong with it. Or we think that man up, you should be strong enough to deal with this, deal with all my bullshit. It's like, no, that is not okay. You shouldn't want to, like you said, you shouldn't want to treat another human being that way. Like I'm your friend. I'm mm-hmm. your, you don't treat your other friends like that. Why do you treat me like that? So I want to ask, what does this look like? You know, accountability. So say at the start of a relationship, mm-hmm. as far as like goal setting or laying the foundation, like what should people come in, say we've gotten past the dating stage, we're about to start, you know, officially being committed. What should people kind of start out with to make sure that they have a strong foundation there on both sides? On both sides. The first of all is you should know what you're looking for, what you want. Okay. That's the first thing, right? So the first thing is we both trying to be, be clear of what we're looking to accomplish here and what we want, right? Yeah. So for me, for example, when I'm in the dating phase and we get to that relationship bag, mm-hmm. I say, I'm more of a phone guy, okay. right? I'm more in the phone. We could text here and there, but, you know, tone and vibe who I am, I'd rather be on the phone. Yeah. I want to go on a date at least once a week. Yeah. I want transparency, conversation. Like, I'm saying all these things as I'm talking to you about what you want and need in a relationship. Right, right. Now, if things go astray or don't work out, there's accountability because we both agreed upon this. Mm, okay. So now I can ask you, like, yo, we ain't see each other in two weeks. Everything good? You know, because you know, you know, we said we go try to see each other once a week. Yeah. So there's a conversation here. Yeah. So it's not like I, in my mind, you should know this already. You should, you know, what I'm saying? like it's more of a we had a conversation right. about what we're looking for. There's right. gonna be some grace because we go just to a week kind of thing. But now I can now ask those questions about if something went away or not going, I could ask, everything good? Everything mm-hmm. all right? Yeah. Because we, you know, we go back into what we talked about earlier. Yeah. So not about being offensive or being angry. It's, hey, everything good? I know we, we, we never find a way to try to link up. I miss you. I want to see you. Yeah. What's going on? And then you can take it from there. But if we're just going to sit here, that's why it's so important to have the conversations about what you want at once. Now, that's when accountability can come in. And now is we can hold each other accountable because we already had an understanding about what we're looking for from each other. Absolutely. I love and we ain't, you know, we both agreed. And what do you do if you are, because I love that you have the expectation things switch up. You come to the table. It's not a surprise. I'm bringing this up because I told you I wanted to go on date, you know, see you mm-hmm. once a week, whatever the case may be. But, when you say if you start getting pushback from your partner or you start getting, eh, I don't know, I'm hoping I can get with you. When they start kind of switching up from the expectation that was set, what do you think people should do then? No, because so I so sometimes people are very passive aggressive, right? So they're like, "Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. That sounds good." <laughs> sounds good. And then never once again. Um, even on workshop, I talk about it all the time. Consistency mm-hmm. is great in action, great in words. Mm-hmm. So words sound good. The yeah. pull talk it sounds good. You can you can shut me up, quote unquote, right in that moment. Yeah. Action. Now you may be good for that one week. We had a talk, and then you go back to the your patterns. Yeah. So. Once you got focused on the bigger picture, after you gave grace, after you had a conversation, have you seen any consistent action for change? Yeah. If not, then you may have to make a second decision. Mm-hmm. And you may realize that y'all just not aligned or this is not working out and you may have to end the relationship. Mm, okay. So it sucks because, you know, people forget, we have so much history together or I don't want it. They scared the unknown. This is not working. You're seeing red flags. We're staying to see how ready it could get. <laughs> now you have six flags looking confused. 
that's what they don't want to admit. You so because certain things you like or you feel good or the sex is great, like you find other things to try to justify you staying. But if I'm having a conversation with you and you're ignoring my needs and wants, why am I still here entertaining and being a dead horse? Why? Why are, Why do people, I don't know if you'll ever get the answer as to why people do. What do you think? Why do people do and stay and beat the dead horse? Because it's scared of the unknown. And I, and I, or they love that person, feel like they're going to make it work eventually, right? Mm-hmm. This is all this you got the problems, right? They're, yeah, not perfect. But yeah. there's conflict that need to happen where we both should be happy here mm-hmm. and not two ships in the night. And if you aren't consistently happy, then that's a bigger issue. Yeah. But we we sitting there because the history or oh man, I'm 35. I don't know if I could do this day. Yeah. I'm 40. I don't want this person's y'all not aligned. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so it's definitely a time where people really gotta start really taking on this is when honesty and, and taking accountability really works is you're not aligned and you may have to make a executive decision to end this. And I know it sucks. <laughs> and I know it's scary out there. I know the unknown. But do you want to live your life like that? You got to do it. There's only one life. Nobody wants to live life like that. I don't care if they say they do. Nobody does. But that unknown, because I've sat in that seat like, oh, I'm 30 plus. Let me just deal with this. And then you finally get tired. And some people got to get tired. You know, they say like, uh, you got to hit their own rock bottom before they'll yeah. So as we talk about, you know, and, and you wind up in these situations that wear and tear on you so and it makes me think about how emotionally draining that can be just like a breakup or anything of that nature so this is something I see often people go back and forth on social media about emotional responsibility Mm -hmm. I'm gonna ask you are we emotionally responsible for one another's emotions in a relationship well it depends on once again it's about how you show up for yourself right Mm -hmm. so if you did the work the therapy you loving yourself you feeling good about yourself and you had a bad day okay, or a bad moment, yeah, your partner should be there to help you. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that no matter what I do, you're not happy, mm-hmm. and now it's a bomber's pit that I'm trying my best to please you, but you don't even know what's going on. Right. Then that's your responsibility to take accountability trying to figure out what is going on with yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's not my burden to bear in the sense of you don't want to do the work. Once again, it's about doing the work. Yeah. So if you're upset about your job, if you're mad about something else, I'm here to help you with it, mm-hmm. but I can't do it for you. Right, right. I agree. You have to figure that out. So yeah, I think that what happens a lot of people feel like they take that burden because I love you, but work without faith is dead. Help me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I can't do it alone because once again, I'm I'm pouring into you and it's a bottomless pit. Because mm-hmm. you're not happy with yourself. Yeah. So let's find out what can make you happy. And you may take some time to really try to figure out what do you want and need. Because it's funny, we talked about earlier about loving yourself and people are not. It's funny because one of the things I talk about is the mirror exercise. Okay. The mirror exercise is basically when you look yourself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. You can play music if it's a little too awkward for you. You can have clothes on or be naked or mm-hmm. have word affirmations. Just spend time in the mirror. Yeah. And it's crazy to me that most women don't be spending time in the mirror. They treat the mirror like they're vampires unless they get the makeup done. Yeah, yeah. What was going on? I don't like this. I don't, I don't like this. And they focus on the things they don't like. But focus on the things you do love about yourself. Yeah. Focus on the affirmations. Focus so you got to do the work, once again, to really love and voice, love yourself to get that emotional space. But mm-hmm. if you just feel like someone should fill the void in you, yeah. oh, this is not what is going to work. Because you date in the fill of void. And that's when a lot of people get caught up in it because that person feeding that void and then that's not working anymore. You're like, oh. Yeah. It's you. You not? Uh, no, no. What? Yeah, they grasping for straws at that point. Yeah, so they are trying to fill out that void, and that's why they're looking for that companion, or that touch, or that band aid. But nah, this is this is deeper leak. I can't do but so much. Yeah, and that's the thing when it comes to that emotional responsibility. I think your people have to figure out things in their own because sometimes if you have a really good partner who does support yeah. you and is always there, it, it can sometimes feel like I just want to take all my burdens and just put them on you because I know you hold them and you'll carry them but that's not fair to that other person and it's eventually going to weigh them down. But I think on the other side of the coin, what I like to look at is if the side of responsibility that may fall for both parties is may come into play for both parties is when you are doing things that affect your partner. And that's more mm-hmm. something I like, always want people to think about because just, I'm just making this example up. Sure. I know that you, you know, you don't break at six o'clock. Most times you're at home by seven. 
Um, but this time, you know, you don't come walk through the door to 9 30 and I ain't been able to get in touch with you. I've been calling you, I've been texting you. You come in, you tell me, oh, I just said stop and had a drink with the boys. I just didn't want to answer my phone. Okay, well, you did cause me some stress, some anxiety. It's a lot of things going on out here in America. Um, I did not like that. You know, I'm gonna communicate that to you, but if, if I was bothered by that in that situation, do you feel like my partner owes me, you know, like an apology or they were played a role in me how I felt about that situation? Is that where emotional responsibility may come into play where both parties have to look at both sides of the coin? Yeah, but that's like, once again, even with that, right? That, they had routine, right? And for some reason, it didn't work out. And you're like, listen, I had anxiety. I was really looking for seeing you, make sure you're okay and safe. Yeah. Next time, please, if you're going to do that, I don't mind that, but just let me know. Yep, that's it. That's it. Communicate. And then he's like, all right, cool. She's like, all right, cool. I got you. Sorry. I got caught up in the moment. I didn't want to disturb the peace. I didn't want to hit you. And you like, you need me to come home. I... Mm-hmm. And that's like, even this if we live together and I'm like, when I get home, I say, how do you, but let me decompress. Decompress <laughs> for the day. Let me hop in my shower. And not when I walk in, hey, hey, yeah. hey, 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 Give me a minute, right? So that's how you get to learn your partner. This is when partnership comes in. When mm-hmm. I know the partner is like, all right, they need some time to decompress for the day mm-hmm. or they need this, okay, let's adjust and yeah. not take it personal in a sense. Yeah. But yeah, but like I said, when something like that, when you say, hey, listen, that thing you did, wasn't a fan of it, that's okay. But once again, if you don't want to rock the boat, no, let's have a conversation. Now that person neglect your feelings, like, oh, whatever. Yeah. And now they become a new pattern. Once again, we're going to have to address this. Absolutely. And that's the thing people have, again, it comes down to that communication, addressing it. That's what people don't want to do, but you cannot avoid it. So what would you say, you know, um, we talked about setting expectations earlier and communicating, but what techniques or what would you recommend people do to uh, get better with accountability overall, whether individually or in a relationship? What can people start doing like now to hold themselves accountable in a better way or at all if they're not doing it? Well, I think the, the first thing you do with accountability is really trying to figure out what you're trying to accomplish, what's the goal. Mm-hmm. And also understand that, give yourself grace. Yeah. It's not going to happen overnight. And sometimes some people have a, a bad day. Like say you're working out every day. Your goal is to work out. Mm-hmm. You ain't work out Tuesday, Wednesday. Now you just complete the whole, ah, you canceled yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Give yourself grace and get back on the horse when you when it's time. So I think yeah. that a lot of time we come to gain accountability is really showing up for yourself. Yeah. And understand that you ain't gonna have ain't gonna happen overnight. And if you have a bad day or you didn't do it, let it go and then go start a new day. Yeah, that's it. I tell people all the time, just try to win the day. Win the day. I like that. I need to win the day and go to the gym tomorrow. So <laughs> <laughs> like I said, so today was a bad day. All right, cool. Tomorrow we're just trying to win the day. And mm-hmm. I think that once you understand that and hold yourself accountable, that momentum gonna help. Yeah. Another thing I say when people just start holding yourself accountable is look at short-term goals. Mm-hmm. Because those short-term goals could build momentum for the long-term goals. Yeah. So have short-term goals. You may need a comedy partner or not, but have those goals to get you back in a groove to the next level. Um, yeah, so I think that's what it is to, when it start taking accountability is start creating these steps, basically. Yeah. And showing up for yourself. And then when you have a bad day or didn't work, or I'm making a gym that day, give yourself grace. Yeah. You have to, you have to. And I think it's important if you're doing it, you know, taking it day by day, setting short-term goals, you know, you're on a journey to get to where you are you want to go. I think the biggest piece in that, like we talked about before, is just making sure that you are partnered with somebody else who's willing to do the same thing. Because you can have all the goals you want to. We've all been there before where the relationship wasn't aligned, it was lopsided. You got all these goals, you heading towards the future and this person is stagnant. And that's when you get in a space probably where you're trying to give an ultimatum or trying to figure something out when y'all really weren't aligned from the beginning because this person just may not be some Somebody that's, that's never been held accountable in their life and they aren't going to start with you or accountability just doesn't look the same to them as it looks to you, you know? So I think you have to look at both sides and go ahead. Cause I tell people all the time, potential have an expiration date. Okay. So what happens is you may sort of potential in that person. Yeah. But eventually, once again, if the alignment, the work, if you don't see no growth. Yeah. You have to see it. Like, it, it's sad. I know. I Trust me. <laughs> I, I, I've been dating. I had, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, I always tell, I make jokes. I always say I'm all my ex's favorite ex. Yeah. But even for me is that even when I broke up with them, mm-hmm. it's because I saw potential. Yeah. 
we had the conversation. Yeah. We had the expectations. Mm -hmm. We, like I said, I, we did I, everything I tell people to do, I tell people all the time, I live my raps. Yeah. So everything I tell people to do, I do it myself. Right. So it's funny because most guys never break up with women. Yeah. They just kind of. They do stuff to make us break up with them. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we like somebody at a job trying to get fired. Like, yeah. I'm going to get fired. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> so what happens is, it's funny that, you know, like I said, when I talk to most men about breakups, they be like, you broke up with your girlfriends? Mm. They said, I did it once, and I felt terrible. They yeah. did all the crazy acts, but they feel terrible being that quote-unquote bad guy. Crazy. And like, you know, now I see more guys now filing for divorce. Most guys, the woman files, right? Mm -hmm. So for that is the reason why, like, I hold them accountable. We had a conversation. I'm like a job, right? Yeah. We did a review. We did a check-in. <laughs> you had a little write-up. Yeah. Talked yeah. about it. Yeah, this There's no aggression, no growth. Yeah. Talked about it again. No aggression, no growth. I had to make a second decision now. You got to go. And that was when you said that, that was kind of surprising because I feel like recently when I think about breakups or my friend situations, most times it's us doing the breaking up. I don't feel like I know a lot of guys that's done it. Yeah, it sucks. We would cheat all day, but we it sucks. When, a one, <laughs> when we say, you know, it's over. We might say argument-wise and then, baby, baby, please, like the Martin episode. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we do not do that. And that's one, I, I noticed that when I talk about men about be breaking up with women or saying I'm on my ex's favorite ex, but you still cool with your exes? I'm saying, yeah, I'm still cool with them. Mm. and they're yeah. confused I'm like nah it wasn't a bad breakup you know that people and also people like to have bad breakup because it justify that victim talk right mm -hmm. nah I'm, I'm not happy here I talked to you a few times about this <laughs> there have been no progression no growth potential expiration date I just love myself more yeah, and that's what it comes down to. I love the potential as an expiration date because every season I talk about potential and I started out with the power of it and I've definitely moved away from that. Like, mm, you know, I, what I came, the conclusion was potential has to have an action tied to it. You can't be yeah. something that we are here hoping for. If you are saying that you are going to go to school to get your PhD, I need to see you enrolled in classes. I need to see you going to school, writing papers. You can't just be telling me that's what you want to do. And I think ultimately, I really like that, that potential has to have an expiration date because even in that, I'm not waiting 12 years for you to live out this dream that could have been fulfilled in three had you started when you said you were going to. And a lot of other times with the potential of, you got the potential to love me, you have the capacity, you know, or you have the potential to build my dream home, but they don't have no job, you know, or you have all this trauma, you're not going to therapy, all these things that people say they can potentially do, but there is no action tied to it. And you have an open-ended window, open window, mm -hmm. say, I'm just going to give them to, to whenever. So, so you, you, that's the kind of time you want? Like, I didn't know we was out here living forever. And then it comes to the conversation of, you know, I'd rather deal with the devil I know than the devil I don't know. Like, oh, this is how you're going to come from potential to like, well, we know each other already. We got so much history. So history much means trash. nothing if ain't growth in it. Y'all have so much trash. And you can <laughs> That's exactly it. You sitting in this trash, you're going to call it history. You're choosing to stay there for all the reasons that we've talked about. So yes, that accountability has to be in play and people have to own that to put the steps in play and, and, and just do better with choosing who they are partnered with. So that accountability is not such a taboo, is taboo issue and a taboo thing. Because I think right now, when I think back on my past three situationships, um, it was definitely a lack of accountability there because it was a lot of lip service in the beginning and things didn't align. And when I would bring it up, it was a lot of, you know, we gonna get to it, we gonna see what you talking about. A lot of running me, ring around the rosies, taking me on a merry-go-round. And at the end of the day, it was like, yeah, I gotta let this go. I gotta ride. I ain't gonna hold you because I can't keep doing this. And what you said, you love yourself more. Once I was able to get to that space of really understanding what that love looked like, that I am number one on the totem pole when it comes to this relationship stuff. Even if I'm married, I feel like in relationships, you still gotta save like a piece of yourself. Like I always feel like it may even just be like this 5%, but I gotta keep it over here in this little, this little box. It's almost like my Pandora's box. Cause if I gotta tap into that little box and open it up, then something's not going right. But I still gotta save a piece of myself to know that I'm number one. I can love my husband, love my partner, love the life that we're creating, but I'm still number one. And when things start shifting and it's not work being put in, I gotta keep that in the forefront of my mind because self-preservation is key. And that's what people need to always remember. Cause if you're not tapping into that, you're not tapping into nothing. So on that note, we'll be right back with the Living Single segment. This now brings us to the Living Single segment of the podcast, 
It's simply a segment where we want to send you good vibes, good energy, and give good advice on any questions that you may have about being single, dating, or relationships. Remember, nothing is off limits. So, welcome to the Living Single segment of the show, and let's get into it. All right. So you guys know this is the living single segment of the show where we ask a question um, from a letter that has been written into the show. And you guys can have your question answered if you write in to our website at www.shannonmontana.com or send us a DM on Instagram. So Chad, it reads, I am in a five-year relationship that I walked right into less than one year after my divorce. Recently, my ex reached out to me to see how I was doing and the conversation never stopped since. I feel like I miss her, but I love my current girl. I don't think I want to go back to my old thing, but I am enjoying the attention. It feels quote unquote right, but I know it's not. What should I do in this situation since I know I cannot keep this up for much longer? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So it's one thing, it sounds like he's saying he knows he can't keep this up much longer because it may go to a dangerous spot. Mm, yeah he understands that this is getting too good <laughs> yeah i'm thinking about you way too much yeah it's not a regular ex checking in this is something that it's progressive yeah um he's gonna have to make the second decision what we talked about earlier yep gotta fire her gotta cut that gotta cut that boundary out he gotta do it like he have to fire her gotta fire because it's going to lead to something he don't want, right? And he's saying he want to stay where he at now. He's happy here, but this feels good. Then also he got to then he got to also take accountability and try to realize what is it that making it feel good. Mm-hmm. Where am I missing in my current relationship that I need to have this conversation about? Is it a friendship? Did this person align with you? Did they have the same jokes? Like, what is it that got you into this flirting, checking in rapport? Mm-hmm that you know you can't be with that ex for whatever reasons, but that part of her is, is hitting right. Yeah. You have to see what's going on in your current relationship that, is she filling the void? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's definitely a, really trying to figure out what it is, because like we said before, he may not want to rock the boat with his current situation, right? So he may not be happy there, or something not going, but once a man, gotta, gotta speak up. Got to. So with men, we don't really speak up that much, or we probably had that moment we got shut down and Mm-hmm. Because the woman probably like, how oh, you stupid? You think about that? <laughs> so now he feeling he found a safe haven with the ex, but yeah. he sees it progressing. So you have to cut that off, but also have to be honest with himself is what's happening. Yeah. And he may have had a conversation with his current about what is it he need and what. Yeah, that's what I thought about. It may be something missing, but I think also this is something I used to suffer from years ago. Thank God mm-hmm. I did this. Um, but I would say be in a situation and I would still like say entertain other guys just be, it was almost like I wanted to see if I still had it like I knew I didn't want to be with them I knew it wasn't going nowhere it was a reason why they was in my past but it was almost like you know I would accept the attention I would accept the text the phone calls whatever kind of like trying to see like do these niggas still like me I just want to see if they still like me you know so it was one of those things I had to grow out of like you know ultimately if you are getting everything that you need want and desire from your current relationship then you have no reason to have five other guys or women whoever your situation is that you are reaching out to to just get that that high from that attention that they're giving you when you can get it all in one place so i agree he gonna have to fire her he gonna have to step away because if he don't it's escalating and it sounds like it's escalating you know so that's gonna go left and don't let your girl best around and find out before you tell her you know or find out at all i ain't saying yeah i ain't saying you gotta tell but you know you gotta you got to cut this off because if you keep going both ways and then you also, I think, take a step back to evaluate. You say you want to be with your current girl. Do you? Do you want to see? Go back and see what's going on with this ex. But then also pros and cons. Remember mm-hmm. why you, remember why you and your ex are exes. Mm-hmm. For a reason. Don't forget that. People love to forget, like, why y'all broke up. You know, so. Because the stop is a hell of a drug. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, remember that time in Six Flags? Yeah. Remember that time we went hiking? Remember the time I cheated on you? Oh, I'm not about that part. <laughs> remember that time? Yeah, like, people get caught up in nostalgia. Yeah. And forget, if, if, you, if you also, if you're a person that hold grudges, yeah. oh, yeah. what under the bridge? It's a, it's a disaster. You're right. That nostalgia is real because I know anytime when I kind of double dipped in the pool, 
it was like I, I thought about like the good moments and you know anytime when you first start back you know you reminisce you having a good time and then mm, 30 days later you're like oh this is why I stopped fucking with this nigga like you know so that's what it come down to yeah like I said it's like one thing where like I don't mind you going back with your ex but there's have to be a conversation you got to redate each other mm-hmm. you got to re-understand and also address the reason why you broke up in the first place if you don't want to do that nah. so yeah so at the end of the day like yes nostalgia it sounds good like a sweater you be like, why don't I wear this sweater? Then you put it on, you see a hole in it. Instead of fixing it, you put it back in the closet. Be like, why don't I wear that sweater? <laughs> so, so you take when you, you get back to our ex, you reminisce with the ex, you be like, yo, this is what happened to us. Yeah, yeah. This is good. Yeah. And then you find you realize what happens. Oh, okay. That was yeah, so yeah. I think you really got to cut it off first, but definitely try to figure out what's happening in the current relationship. Mm-hmm. and then go from there and decide what direction you want to go in so i hope that advice helps young sir and then you all know what to do if you want your letter sent in and on that note we'll be right back with the resolution And now this brings us to the resolution. So Chad, I want to ask, what would you say the resolution is for people to understand that accountability is required for a successful relationship? I believe that is people should understand how important it is because at the end of the day, it will set the tone of what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times we shy away from that because we don't want to do the work. The work is always, you know, mm-hmm. people want work. Yeah. But trust me, it's a game changer when you do the work and take accountability and not only say, I'm sorry, or I understand, but action. Like we said before, potential expiration day, like action have to follow these things. Yes, you need grace. Yeah. Because, you know, we learning something new, a new tool, a new muscle. Yeah. But it should be some always trying to be better and being a person of your word. Yeah, absolutely. Because you just, if you, every time I'm saying sorry, I mean flowers, it's not going to hit the same. No, not at all. Not now you hate flowers. Because <laughs> they attach to what you're doing to me. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So now if I'm saying I'm sorry and you're seeing there's effort here, they're seeing that there's a consistent, I'm trying to change this as I want because I love you and I care about you, but also I'm showing up for myself to being a man of my word or woman of my word. But also, like we said, it's very important. It definitely will change the way you look at things and you ain't going to get caught up in some things when you take accountability. Yeah, Absolutely. And I think more people just have to tap into that. So y'all heard it here first from Mr. Accountability. I don't know if it was first, but y'all heard it first on my podcast. So <laughs> and to give him a round of applause. This was an amazing episode. Your opinion is always valued and appreciated on the To Be Single or Not To Be podcast. And if you could, let the people know where they can find you. Yes, on all, all social platforms, Chad's got here. Um, thanks again for having me. I appreciate you. It has been a pleasure. So you guys heard it. Chad Scott here. Make sure you all go out. Ladies, go go find his page if you're trying to get that ring. He might be able to help you with it. You know, if you apply the things that we just talked about in this episode as well. <laughs> yes, it got to do the work, man. Like, I listen, it's plain time. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> nah, got to do the work. That's what more people have to be willing to do. And I think if they're tuned into the show, I think they may be on the right path and ready to do the work. So on that note, we'll be right back with the Montana Minute. And now this brings us to the Montana Minute. The first thing, accountability is an essential worker in any relationship, romantic or non-romantic. Without it, you will go nowhere very fast. The next thing, if you are not willing to look at yourself in the eye and know that you have to own your part in the wins or failures of your relationship, then you are not holding yourself accountable. Some parts of accountability are just acknowledging that you stayed in a space well after the expiration date. And the last thing, if you want to do better with accountability, work with your partner on creating accountability checklists and routines so you both can be sure that no one gets off track. So be sure that you share this episode with a friend and leave us a review on your favorite listening platform. And now I ask you to be single or not to be. That is the final question. Signing off, yours truly, Shanna Montana.